Coming up on the Real Talk podcast with Coldwell Banker, the Real Estate Group, and our guest top producer in Indiana for Coldwell Banker, the Real Estate Group, Deb Payton Shelley. While they're interviewing us, in my own way, I'm interviewing them. Like, do I want to take time away from my family? Do I want to take time to work with this client over this client? That creates a posture that then the clients want you to list their homes, so they're more <laughs> willing to listen. We are Coldwell Banker, the real estate group, and we are one. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is Tony Didier, Regional Vice President of Indiana at Coldwell Banker, the real estate group uh, here in the Midwest. Coldwell Banker's number one franchise affiliate in the world. And you're listening to Real Talk with Coldwell Banker, the real estate group. Where our goal here is to get some influential people in the industry within our company and outside of our company, bring them in and share their secrets, their tips of the trade, things that we can take away to improve our own business. And today I am honored to be joined by the number one agent in Indiana for Coldwell Banker, Deb Payton Showley. Deb, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and making the trip to Fort Wayne here to the studio. So Deb sold over $40 million of real estate with her team last year, which is crazy impressive and a lot of work. (laughs) Um, But she did that in Kosciuszko County, Indiana, um, Warsaw area. There's some lakes around there. Deb, for those who are unfamiliar, can you familiarize us with your market a little bit? So we have a really unique market. We're considered to be a very small market in our county, um, but we happen to be the headquarters for most most of the orthopedic companies. So that means we have a lot of relocation clients um, with the headquarters there. They're constantly moving or well, that's good coming you. in. Yes, <laughs> either they're moving out or they're coming in, but there seems to just be a constant flow. So when all the other markets had the ups and downs, ours stayed... It wasn't as good, but it still stayed stable because people were still moving out or they were moving in. They were just changing price ranges of what they were buying and selling. Okay. And then yeah, we medicine have the, doesn't change too much you know, either. So orthopedic, yeah. you know, people still need hips and knees. Yep. <laughs> um, and then our the other part of our market that's so unique is the vacation market or the lakes market. Um, it makes up a good portion of our sales, um, but that's our background. Growing up in a marina living on the lake, growing up on the lake, loving the lake. It just kind of was our niche that we fell into right away in real estate. But that's a big portion of our market as well. Okay. And are those, is there like one main lake? Is there a certain number of lakes and do you sell on all of them? We have over 140 lakes in our county. And um, the ones that we sell the most on are Lake Tippecanoe, which is where I grew up, Uh, Chapman Lake, Winona Lake, Wawasee is the big one that everyone's heard of because it's the largest lake in Indiana that's a glacier-made lake. Um, But there's just a ton of lakes in our area. So if you want to ski, if you want to surf, we got lakes for that. If you want to float with no one disturbing you, we got lakes for that too. So kind of just a lake for everyone's needs. Awesome. So you definitely have like a niche market there. Would you say, what percentage would you put on your business as that particular, you know, lakefront property? And do you work with just anybody else as well? So that's kind of a hard number to figure because the market shifts so much. And when we had the downspin in the market, the lake market was affected greatly where our in-town orthopedic type business market wasn't. Um, But I would say probably if I had to put a number on, I'd say 35, 40 percent would be lake market for us. 
Okay, so you're still working with people off the lake, just people Mm -hmm. from your sphere. We can get to where you get your business um, a little Mm -hmm. bit later as well. But talk to me about that connection. You're really in it, like you said, you're from that area. How has that helped you and what does that story look like that got you where you are today? So I, I think that one of the things that is unique for us in the people that we put on our team is we don't just sell the homes, we live in the community, we are part of the community, and we each year our goal is to just become a little bit deeper and threaded throughout the community. Um, but we don't just sell lake properties, we live them, we love them, and the favorite thing we have to do every day is share that with other people so that they can create those memories to last a lifetime like they did for all of us growing up. Um, and everyone on my team has been close to the lake or lived on the lake or lives on the lake now. Okay, so that's important so, to you then to connect with is, that experience yeah. and get people to understand what that's like. Mm-hmm. And these are predominantly second homes, right? Um, yes. Although some people may primarily live on yes. the lake. Um, how far do people travel for that vacation home, do you feel, in that area? Um, I would say up to about three hours. Really? Yeah, we have a lot of Chicago folks, um, Indy, Cincinnati, like just kind of about two and a half, three hours around. And you're kind of in the middle of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that works out well. Um, so let's talk about your background and how real estate came into the picture. When did that bug get you, or how did you get the idea to get into the industry? So, um, I guess uh, my great-grandfather and my grandfather probably imprinted us as toddlers, I would guess. (laughs) Okay. But my grandfather always talked about real estate. He loved real estate, especially lake real estate. So we grew up always hearing that, and he had a small... Um, boutique type company just called Peyton Realty. He sold all the lake lots and everything around the area. He helped develop. He was an attorney, so he was involved in helping getting some things passed. On I don't know. He did real estate on the side, I guess. Um, so we were kind of raised with that mindset of he just said, you have to get your real estate license. I don't care what you do with your life, but you must get your real estate license. Wow. So we never even thought about not getting it. Yeah. And so as soon as I was out of college, that was one of the first things I wanted to do was get my real estate license. And I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I just knew I had to get it. It was required to be part of our family, I think. (laughs) You don't want to get kicked out. No. (laughs) Well, and from the sounds of it, it sounds like he had a lot of work ethic. Yeah, he was very passionate about Lake Tippecanoe in general. Um, And then he and my great-grandfather started the marina along with my dad. And so a very generational business, but their real estate business also complemented that business. So it was very easy for him to do, too, and have resort area and cottage rentals and all kinds of stuff. So that was their business. Okay, great. So, so they own the marina on one of the major lakes there. Do they? Is that yeah. still in the family? It is. And my son is the fifth generation now. Wow. Pumping gas. you have to start at the gas docks that's awesome do you feel that connection with the lake with uh, the family owning the marina has helped your business as well absolutely that's been a huge factor in our success awesome awesome Um, so you got into real estate got your license because it was a requirement (laughs) (laughs) pretty Um, much (laughs) how how did you get to Coldwell Banker what brought you to um, Gen Blue so we started in real estate my husband and I um, right when we got married, we got our real estate licenses together, and we started with a company that we thought was going to provide us what we needed. What we found is we got thrown to the sharks and got every horrible lead that they couldn't convert to anything was what they passed to us. We thought we were going to be part of a team, but it was really we just got their throwaway leads that they thought wouldn't amount to anything. 
But I myself, being an optimist in general, I didn't know any better, so I worked every single lead they gave to me. And when I started selling stuff, it just kind of rubbed the brokers the wrong way because they couldn't believe we were producing they stuff. They didn't out of want it. you to sell. <laughs> they did, but they didn't want us to outsell them or mm. hinder their sales and stuff. So um, we quickly learned that there was a lot more to the real estate business than just selling a home. And it was a hard lesson for us because we didn't have any tools. We had nothing given to us. And so building the business without a company that was supporting us, wanting us to succeed, was so crippling that a lot of people quit. And I'm just stubborn, so I didn't quit because I knew in our family we had to be, you know, we're entrepreneurs. So I had to make something out of it. And I wanted control of my own time. So I wanted my own business. And real estate was my business that I chose. So mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do. Um, but it was a really, really tough start. And I would say, gosh, it was probably, I don't know, maybe John Bellio could tell you, but I want to say it was probably five or six years into the business when I was introduced to John and Ted. Okay. And um, we did not have a good relationship with our current broker, very disappointed in their ethics and how they were running their business. And we never knew when we get a paycheck after a sale. You know, it was just everything they did wrong. That's such a fundamental thing know, that it's, it's already a commission-based industry. Just <laughs> pay me when I sell a yeah. home, you know? <laughs> I know. And so a lot of times we'd go in, there wouldn't be ink in the printer, so we'd have to run to, you know, Staples to print all our documents for our clients. You know, it was just stuff like that. So I couldn't believe they kept ink in the printer. So I was probably an easy audience because I'm like, really? You keep ink in the printer and you don't so charge So you're just loving us it. at this point. <laughs> Um, so I met with Ted and John. We met with several different companies, but I knew at that point what I didn't want. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be micromanaged, and I just wanted someone to believe that we could do it. And John and Ted, they were hilarious for one, but they were the only ones that told me the truth. They didn't tell me what they thought I wanted to hear. They didn't sugarcoat things. They just told me the truth, and then they delivered on that promise. And so that is why we switched, um, because I could tell right then and there, besides my favorite colors, blue. <laughs> but that was really the big reason why we made that big change. And that was a, a turning point in our career, um, in our future, because had I stayed with the other company, I probably wouldn't be in real estate today. Wow. And stuff. So and it's definitely worked out for oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love what I do every day. I don't love every aspect of the business. Nobody does. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I lay my head on the pillow at night, and I really do love what I do. So It's what you're meant to be doing, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and you've obviously become very successful since that you know, first five-year tough you know, patch. Did you plan on it blowing up this big for you? How did, what was that progression like? Was it a part of the business mm -hmm. plan to sell 40? 40 million? So last year, our team goal, mostly my goal, because the girls don't like to set goals as much as I do. That's how I Most was raised. Most realtors don't. <laughs> um, but my goal was 30 million. We kind of have hovered in the 20s for a long time, just under 20, up above 20, depending on what the market is. And there's only three of us selling. But I wanted to sell 30 million, just because mm. I wanted to prove that we could do it. And I think it was probably not far through the year, we were already at 30 million. I'm like, gosh, we have a few months left yet. I wonder what we could hit. And so we just did it one deal at a time, one client at a time. 
Um, we didn't go out and say, I have to have 10 listings this month. I have to have 10 closings this month. We just did it one at a time. We just did the best we could with every single transaction and we just didn't give up. Yeah. And that's really essentially what it was. We just kept going when others would give up because things got hard and stuff. And we just ended up closing more. Yeah, just worked it. Somebody's got to do the business, you know, and if you're yeah. the one working it, you're the one getting the business done. And congratulations, yeah. over 40 million is uh, pretty wild. <laughs> really, um, it goes out to our team because together everyone achieves more. And so the combination of the company providing us all the tools that we could use, as well as them working hard and having their best years ever, that's what resulted in the 40 million. It wasn't me. <laughs> so it is a team effort, but how do you manage that? You know, was it tough to get the team where you are now? I mean, I'm sure even yeah. with help, you still have a lot of headaches with that many transactions. So I think when our board was full and then I can't remember if my husband did it or somebody did put up a second board for us because we couldn't get all the, we were starting to write them sideways mm-hmm. and everything. <laughs> And so now we have a listing board and a buyer board. And and the girls on my team primarily work with the buyer leads and Mm -hmm. I do just the listings and then we have a full-time admin. And it it has not been easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year is the first time that I feel like everyone on the team moved in the same direction. So our square wheel wasn't just getting stuck in potholes all the time. It was everybody was selling stuff, everybody was happy. We had really good mojo. And our clients could sense that too. And it was contagious. So I think one client led to three more because they had such a good experience. And it just kind of got out of proportion last year. And and those things don't happen every single year. If we wanted to sell 45 million this year, I believe we could. But we didn't want to add to our team. And we didn't want to have to work the hours we did last year. And that was a personal choice for us with things that we all have going on in our business. So... That's such a good observation, you know, being an independent contractor, um, an entrepreneur, you're kind of selling yourself and you got to believe in yourself and what you have going on. And the fact that you said your clients noticed and it showed, that's a big thing. And hopefully you guys keep that momentum going, even if, uh, you know, you don't want to sell 50 million in real estate in a year and keep the work-life balance. We want to sell it. We just maybe don't want to have to do what we have to do to get there. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. For sure. <laughs> Just get the check and yeah. Uh, yeah, not do the work. No, but so you don't work with any buyers at all? I do occasionally. Okay. Um, so usually Just your favorite ones or how do you decide? Typically they're my favorite one. And ironically, my favorite part of the business is working with buyers, especially mm-hmm. lake buyers or new construction. And I have found that I really miss that sometimes. Yeah. So I got to throw a couple of those into myself every once in a while to keep myself motivated because that's the part I really enjoy. I really hate listings, but I learned very early on that you must have listings to get the leads. Mm -hmm. And if you wanna constantly be growing your business, you have to have listings because that's where the leads cultivate from and and turn into other things from. And so we, we have always been blessed. We've always had enough listings to continue to bring that stuff in. And, you know, most in the industry will say listings are where it's at. So when you say you don't like them as much, what is it about listings that you don't like as much? My coach says, hire what you don't like to do. So my next Uh hire is going to be a (laughs) listing person. But I don't know how to train for that. That's the part that it's a lot of gut Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of... um, training to understand the market at all different levels. You know, we sell homes. And learning on the job, probably. It so it's hard to just be a rock star lister it immediately in a specialty market. Yeah. But handling properties from 50000 up to 2 or $3 million all in the same day, 
And so it's just a skill set I haven't figured out how to duplicate yet. Um, but I hope to. It's soon. <laughs> I'll get me an extra day off. <laughs> so when did you, um, like at what level in sales maybe, uh, for people listening out there who are thinking about mm-hmm. building a team, when did you predominantly go more towards listings, get a transaction coordinator and a buying yeah. specialist? What was that point? So for us, um, my team formed originally, which there is no one still on my original team that is with my team now. What about Mark? Um, well, yeah, I guess Mark counts. He does. He does our books. Yeah, and he keeps, and puts up new boards. Yes, he does. He puts up new boards when we need him, and he does our payroll and all that stuff. But um, I would say that for me, I was a a mom with a baby. And I remember carting him into closings. And when your baby's sick, the world stops, but your mm-hmm. clients don't necessarily stop. And so... So yours is almost based more on family building a team was. than business yes. level. So we were our original team and trial and error because no one told us how to do anything. So we learned by error. Um, but our original team was three moms that had little kids. And so mm-hmm. we would kind of cover for each other and help each other out. But we all did everything. Um, then the next step was really, I, I was plugging into um, some training, not necessarily coaching at that point, but I realized really quickly that if I could get someone to start managing some of the back end stuff that I didn't need to do, I could sell more. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of like an assistant um, or an admin type person that could take care of some of the busy work for me. Even if it was just 15, 20 hours a week, that was 15 or 20 hours more I could spend with cultivating new clients. And you're saying unlicensed. Unlicensed, mm-hmm. yeah. And so um, we had our ups and downs with you know, the team of how come that person got that lead? Why didn't I get that lead? Or uh, you're cherry picking him for this person, but you're not giving me. So we kind of just, that's why we only have buyer leads on our team right now. I was tired of putting out fires for sellers when they didn't handle things the way I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I thought, if I'm going to put a fire out, then I'm going to be the one starting it. I don't want to have to be putting fires out for agents that were too busy and just didn't do their job. So that's why we are structured the way we are, because I got tired of putting fires out. Um, But the buyers, the leads that they cultivate... um, We've we've tried having a transaction coordinator, and we just could never have an easy flow of from offer to closing or from showing to offer to closing. And so we went back to basics and said, okay, you start with a lead from scratch. That lead comes in, I pass it to the team, and they start with them immediately mm-hmm. instead of me trying to get away from them to ha- let the other person take over. Yeah, is that handoff tough? I mean, people come to you, we want to work with you, we love you. And it's like, well, let yeah. me uh, pass you to this person. It's all. How does in, that go? Not every client, but it's all in how it's presented. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I say, look, these girls sell more than I do, and they work with buyers every day, and they're going to do a better job with you then I, my schedule is going to allow. Mm-hmm. And I want you to have the best service possible. So are you okay Especially if I have Linda give you quick. a call back and she's going to take care of you the rest of the way? And then they're usually fine. And I still check in with them occasionally. Just, hey, how's the home search going? Linda told me you guys found some houses. Just when you think of stuff. it? Or do you have like a system for like, oh, I'm going to reach out to... Well, I should have a system, but it's really <laughs> just when I think of it. Or, um, yeah. you know, it just, if something crosses or kids' paths cross or something, you know, constantly talking to them. Mm-hmm and stuff so but they don't feel like they're getting passed off now in the beginning they did so we had to learn how to do that mm-hmm. properly so for sure and you know the team is all under your name and everything and mm-hmm. that probably helps a little bit as well um so 
what is it that you might be able to share that people can take away from this that you feel you do really well? Maybe on the frame of acquiring business, you know, because that's what we're all trying to do. Priority number one. Um, what do you feel like sets you apart or, or something you've figured out that you think could help others? So I think that our primary focus every time we walk into an appointment is what's best for this client. And then while we're interviewing, while they're interviewing us, in my own way, I'm interviewing them. Like, do I want to take time away from my family? Do I want to take time to work with this client over this client? How motivated are they to listen? Are they going to price their home right? Because at the end of the day, you know, we're fortunate to be in a position where we don't have to take every listing. And that creates a posture that then the clients want you to list their homes. So they're more (laughs) willing to listen. I don't know if it's necessarily a confidence thing. It's not a cocky thing because it's not like we go in there and think, I'm not listing your house. You know, it's not anything like that. But, you know, we want to make sure we're doing the best use of our time with the clients and the ones that we can tell right up front are going to be a headache or a nightmare we know that that's probably not going to be the best experience so we're more willing to pass that on or just say no and that has made a big difference i was always afraid to do that because i just never wanted to let anything slip through my fingers so Mm -hmm. um i think being okay with that and letting some business go helped us grow to numbers that were above and beyond because our time wasn't being monopolized by a person that is just unhappy mm-hmm. and is never happy with an amount of showings they have or the price they get. You know, you get a full price offer the first day. Well, you priced it too low. Yeah. You know, instead it's <laughs> like, oh, great, we got an offer the first day. So trying to sift through those and pick our business better, um, I think has helped our entire team. Well, that's huge. I think confidence is a very underrated thing in real estate. You know, uh, new agents starting out a lot of times when that, you know, uh, switch gets flipped and they, they take off. It's hundred percent a confidence thing. And what's more confident than you interviewing them, you know, and like I said, they want to work with you then. Um, that's a great tip. I love that. Uh, again, Tony Diddy here with Coldwell Banker, the real estate group with Deb Payton Shally, uh, number one, uh, Coldwell Banker agent in Indiana with over 40 million in sales last year. She's given us her inside tips. Um, and, uh, I know one thing you do that maybe people wonder about is coaching. You know, um, you actually pay um, an outside coach. Um, what are you willing to share with us about that? And what do you think it's done for you or where would you be without it? So I think keeping perspective. So we sold 40 million. So what? That was last year. Mm-hmm. We start back at zero day one of this year. And so to maintain a successful business, the one thing I've learned is you just constantly have to be putting in education, knowledge. There's just, you can never get enough of it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to constantly improve your services, always being looking for another way to do business, how to change it, how to tweak it. That's just really important to keep that in front of you. And I think coaching is something that helps you step back and look at your business to where you can really see it. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me, it was probably after two or three years of coaching, is I finally realized it was okay to look at my business as a business. Mm -hmm. I'm not just a realtor selling a few houses. I actually have a business and our team produces a significant amount of volume for the community. Mm -hmm. And I just always looked at it as this little real estate business. And so my Tom Ferry coach he he has put me through the paces and challenged me on a regular basis where I may have gotten comfortable Mm -hmm. um, and may have been okay with 
it's okay to be satisfied, but you still have to be striving and setting goals. And he helped me see my business as a business. And it was like the light went off when Mm -hmm. he helped me see my business as a business because I see Caldwell Banker, the real estate group, as a big business. Mm -hmm. I see myself as an independent contractor with a couple awesome people to work with every day. A couple friends hanging out, selling homes. So that was a whole different mentality to approach your planning and everything with. And that made a big difference for us. For sure. Viewed as a business, keep learning. And how often do you check back in? How often do you get that reminder to look at it from a different view and get out of the weeds? (laughs) I mean, I think it's a challenge daily for us because the minute my feet hit the ground in the morning after I drop my son off at school or whatever his activities are, it's like I don't ever get a chance to breathe again until Mm -hmm. the end of the day. So suddenly my whole to-do list, it's like, what happened to that? I never got away from the phone long enough Mm -hmm. and with the business coming in. And so I think constantly prioritizing, hiring people to handle things that could be handled by someone else Um, because time is valuable. And what is your time worth in putting a dollar amount on that time figure? Because I'm I'm sure you want to spend time with your kids Mm -hmm. and your wife and you want to travel and not always just be doing real estate and i had to give my i had to give myself permission that that was okay to do and not feel guilty with a client because i'm spending time with my family so i my coach helped me schedule that so i block myself out from seven o'clock on most evenings that's family time and stuff and it's just I don't make do an appointment your clients then. know that or do you they just, just know I have an appointment uh, I love it everything's <laughs> so, an appointment because you know? then in my mind it's okay don't need to get into specifics <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so um, s- something fun to talk about um, I thought would you've appeared on HGTV before okay. on Lakefront Bargain Hunt and um, sounds like you may be again as well and how did you get connected with them and what was that experience like so it was an interesting story the first time so they contacted me. I think they'd left me like five messages and I thought it was a prank. So I didn't return any of the phone calls. <laughs> How did they get your and info? So I finally returned the call because I saw it said HGTV on the caller ID. I'm like, oh crap, maybe that's real. And so I called him back and in the process of talking to him, I found out they were looking to launch Lakefront Bargain Hunt, which was a takeoff of their beachfront bargain hunt Mm -hmm. and so they were wanting to go to the midwest and find all these little lake areas well Kosciuszko county kept popping up on their radar constantly and they said our website at the time they every time they would google things our name would pop up so we hit successfully somehow promoted ourselves yeah online and so that's why they were calling us and so then you have to go through all the process to make sure the clients qualify and meet all their criteria, which is hard to do. They have very narrow criteria for what they're looking for, for their um, for their show. So and they so got a plan so of what they want and you just gotta see if you have You have to see if you fits. fit in the, yeah, fit the program for what they're looking for. And your clients as well, mm-hmm. right? And they yeah. have to agree to it. Yes. Um, are they excited? I mean, what was that like? Um, Calling your client saying, do you wanna do it? So we actually had two clients that made the final interview process. So they were competing against one, but one was pregnant. So she actually kind of got knocked out because her due date was about the time they were going to film and they couldn't deal with that. So um, unpredictable there. Yeah. So I don't know. It was a fun experience. I didn't know what to expect, but the producers and the team that came, they were so much fun to work with. And it just was a really great experience. And, 
you know what? We got listings from being on the show. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a ton, but people, even today, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I saw you on like Front Bargain Hunt. I'm like, oh yeah, great. That's awesome. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it once, never saw it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm sure watching yourself on video is a lot like listening oh, to yeah. yourself on a podcast. It uh, takes some getting used yeah. to. <laughs> but you're a star now. You so, know, you can't uh, be as successful as you are and just hide. So <laughs> I think probably the the most special part of that that I could tell anyone that's considered doing the show is the um, national platform that it brought recognition to our small local community and how wonderful that was for the community and such a positive outlook of what our community had to offer. That was the neatest part of being part of the show. And and they were very good at portraying it in a very positive manner. So that's awesome. That Putting nice. the spotlight mm-hmm. on uh, North Central Indiana yeah. there. That's very cool. <laughs> um, well, we're getting down to the end here. I want to thank you so much sure. for doing this. Um, but let's end on some fun things. So tell <laughs> me about like a crazy experience you've had selling real estate. What's oh a good story? Oh my gosh! Trying to narrow it down to just one. There's probably <laughs> a few each month. Um, when I first started in real estate. Uh, there's there's a couple instances where I remember getting in my car afterwards and going, oh, Lord, I am paying my dues. When will it be over? <laughs> and I was showing us uh, elementary school teacher, Christian gal, single, very straight-laced property. And we walked into a house that we had confirmation. And there was a guy just laying naked in bed, sound asleep oh and stuff. And so... <laughs> Uh, was the door closed and you walked up to the bed? He was in a bedroom. <laughs> yeah, he was in a bedroom. And, you know, we hollered just like you're trained to do, realtor. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw a car in the drive, but that's not uncommon. Sometimes there's a car sure. and no one there. And we knocked, you know, nothing. <sighs> Opened the door. We saw, saw something. Wow. So that was probably, I don't know, my face was so red. We just got out of there. <laughs> he actually came running out in a robe after that and apologized. He's like, I'm so sorry. I sl- overslept. I knew there was a showing. You know, we're like, that's okay. Wow. We're going to go. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, hard pass on the house. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, I think we call that a stigmatized yeah. property in Indiana. <laughs> Something uh, like that. <laughs> and um, oh, what's the most interesting client you've ever had? Oh, gosh. There's been so many. One of my favorite parts of this business is the people that you cross paths with Mm -hmm. and how they can become friends, like family and everything. But we've had a couple people that have um, family members that are somewhat recognized. Uh, We have one that has a player at place for the Colts right now. And it was really... Are we not allowed to name drop? It's okay if we're not. We can name drop. (laughs) Hashtag Quentin Nelson. Okay. Um, but All pro is a rookie yeah. uh, offensive lineman. Amazing family and an amazing story that goes with him. Um, but they decided to move here when their son attended Notre Dame, um, was going to play football for them. And they were looking in Michigan. They were looking here. They were looking everywhere that was about an hour and a half drive to two hours drive. Where were they from originally? They're from New Jersey. Okay. So and, they were coming to Indiana. Yeah. And so it was interesting preparing for him. Nothing could have prepared me for what I saw when I met them the first time. And they're just, they're good friends today. But when they got out of their truck, they were head to toe Notre Dame. Like, I mean, like the fan club had exploded. You know, and I'm like, what in the world? Foam finger and all. And here we're going to look at million dollar properties. And I'm thinking oh my goodness, they don't look like they would buy anything and stuff. And just a real character. And and Mr. Nelson, um, he kind of looks like Mike Ditka. 
and he kind of talks like him. So, you know, it was kind of strange having all in him around. Yeah. And stuff. But yeah, they were awesome. We looked at probably a hundred houses before they selected one. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> they stuff, appreciated your time and it was all worth it. It sounds like you got they some did. friends out of the clients too. Yeah. It, it was really a great experience. And, and then they got to stay in Indiana. They got to stay in night, Indiana. So. Yeah. I know it. And they rent their house out now. And so they toured me through their lakefront home on Syracuse. And it's, of course, plagued with Notre Dame stuff and all kinds of memorabilia from all the sports stuff. And I remember saying to him, I said, so you don't lock any of this stuff up when you rent your house out? And he's like, why? We'll have plenty more. <laughs> sure. And we got just like these started. signed baseballs and helmets and like all this stuff. And I, I just couldn't believe they didn't lock it up or put it away. They just left it out for everyone to enjoy and stuff. So that that's very neat. cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's wrap it up with um, our favorite question here. We're in the business of homes. And um, my question for you is what is your favorite thing about your personal home? Uh, can I say my horse barn? You can, yeah. <laughs> if it's not my horse barn, it's my kitchen island. Okay. So, yeah. Both places would be... where people hang out, or at yes. least horses and people. <laughs> yeah, so the horse barn is my sanity. Um, I was a horse-crazy kid, and I'm still a horse-crazy kid. And so, for me, that's just my space. So, you um, have Kind of like a she cave, but for horses. <laughs> <laughs> she shed. Yeah, she shed. It's a big, giant she shed. Um, How many horses do you have? So we have four at our house, and then I have one up in Michigan in training. Oh, really? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Training for? He is my dream. So he's my reason for doing the business because Kyle's getting older now. He doesn't need me as much. So. <laughs> you got to have a why. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I used to train horses for a living and always had a passion for it. And I just never had enough money to do it and do it the way I wanted to. And so we've just started getting back into the horse business again and connected, reconnected with a lot of old friends. And I just love it. And yeah. So, you know, I was told I'd never ride again and we were told he wouldn't live to be three or four years old and he has been shown and done really, really well. And I hope to ride him soon. So, yeah. And we are Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen a batting cage. Is that the horse barn? Yes. So that was a compromise with my husband, and I'm still not real happy about it. But it's <laughs> and do the Kyle. balls come in close contact with the horses? Me too. <laughs> so we need an engineer to come visit us so we can figure out how to get it out of the way. But um, so my son plays baseball, so I'm a baseball travel baseball mom. So a lot of times on weekends I am traveling to baseball wherever that by horse. Us. Not by a horse. <laughs> I did miss one baseball tournament for a horse show. And they have not let me live it down yet <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, so we have baseball nets in our horse barn and we drop them down and spread them out in the barn aisle and they have batting practice. And That's super yeah, cool. It's pretty fun. Awesome. Sounds like you've got a good setup. You know, our home is all of our castles. We can make it them to be what we want, even if it is. we have our own space, even if it's small, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, kind of a reflection of who we are. So it is. That's very cool. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Deb, and your insight. Uh, Hopefully you had fun. Was it a good time? It was fun. Yeah, it's always fun, Tony. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good. Well, this has been Real Talk with Coldwell Bank of the Real Estate Group, uh, where we're sharing our insight with our company and uh, with real estate agents uh, worldwide as well. And uh, if you haven't checked us out, uh, we got more great episodes. Check out the one with Ed Prodell, the man who started it all. Um, and we are very uh, honored to have Deb here. Deb Peyton Chowley, our number one agent in Indiana um, from the last year, join us. Um, thanks, Deb. Best of luck in the future. And um, I really appreciate your time. 